bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. (laughs) This is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And a good Thursday morning, Eagle fans. That's right, Thursday, which means the countdown is now at one week to the NFL draft, or at least round <laughs> one of the NFL draft. And you'll have two and three on uh, th- uh, Friday, and they'll wrap that bad boy up next Saturday. So we got time to talk about it. We'll talk about it for the next two hours here on Birds 365 with your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. Uh, yeah, plenty of draft talk today. We got two good draft guys, Eagle slash draft guys, uh, that will punch up his guests. But first things first, another lottery ticket, J Mac, another draft proofing signing by the Philadelphia Eagles or as I like to call them, safety nets, because that's what I think they are. Uh, Eagles yes, this yesterday signed a guy that you've been talking about for, shoot, two weeks at least uh, as one of the wide receivers left on the free agent market the Eagles may have interest in. Alameda Zacchaeus, get used to saying that name, or maybe not, uh, over the next <laughs> however many months, uh, former uh, Falcon who uh, – will be coming to the Philadelphia Eagles to compete for a wide receiver spot. Um, We knew the Eagles were looking at potentially getting a veteran wide receiver before the draft. Do you like this signing? I mean, I I don't mind it in the perspective you just put it in as, you know, another lottery ticket to uh, come in and compete. Um, you know, I, I was a little surprised that receiver wasn't in the group that they had for the so-called draft proofing or whatever you want to label it as. Um, so it took longer than I expected. I thought they would bring in some kind of body at wide receiver. And he just made so much sense because he's a local kid. He's on the market, went to St. Joe's prep. Everybody's excited about that. Magnolia, he's from two towns over from where I live. I mean it just made so much sense. And he's a slot guy. Plus he's got a little bit of punt return ability. He's 25. Um, fit all the boxes, checked all the boxes for what the Eagles have been doing. Uh, they want those younger players potential, maybe some potential upside cheap, uh, which is the most uh, important part. Um, 
and and it and it got done. So, um, yeah, I don't mind it. But you know, if they if things fall on draft day, day two, day three, and they get a receiver, you know, we might not be learning the name as you mentioned. We might not have to learn. So it's another one of those guys. You know, he could be the starting slot receiver in week one. He could be off the team in week one. It's another one of those things. Right, which I'm sorry, Eagle fans, I just can't get excited about. Uh, understand you want to give yourselves a specific look to your roster before you even get into the draft, and then certainly before you open up camp. Uh, Day doesn't excite me. Um, he's been in the league for four years. He's an undersized guy. Uh, I would like to see the Eagles get a bigger third wide receiver. Um, There have been great slot wide receiver, little guys, the Amendolas of the world. Yeah, I don't think he's one of those guys or hasn't shown that to be the case in Atlanta. Um, Yeah, just for, for numbers sakes, I get it. But this guy is another jag as far as I'm concerned. He's just a guy. He's not somebody who's going to be a difference maker. Um, the Eagles have signed a bunch of Jags this offseason. And with the work they did prior to getting the Jalen Hurts deal done and the Mylotta, uh restructure, they're in good shape as of right now underneath the signing, uh, underneath the salary cap. We don't have details on the deal that was just signed yesterday. You're expecting one year, right? You, you don't think that? Oh, yeah. Multiple no. years uh, yeah, obviously one year, um, you know, probably under $2 million. Um, you know, it's it's the theme of the offseason. It's a lottery ticket. It's just the latest one. For whatever reason, I mean, he had, you know, his career year uh, last season because, I, as I said, his age um, – you know, some versatility as far as special teams. Um, it's a little bit surprising that he was on the market so much, so long. Um, but then you start to ask yourself, why was he on the market so long? My my guess is they were just holding out, hoping for a better offer. Because uh, I think this offer has been out there for a while. Um, and they were just, you know, hopeful of getting a little bit more somewhere else. And it just never came. And now all of a sudden, you know, remember the calendar. The Eagles are the last team in the offseason work. If you're a, if you're a young player on, on that kind of deal, you want to be in for offseason work because right. you, you, you want to make an impression. So he took it as long as he could. And now the Eagles are starting their offseason work next Monday. And, you know. He'll 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 get a chance to compete uh, to make this football team. No question about that. Um, you know, barring what happens on on draft day, and this is not going to prevent uh, Howie Roseman from doing anything if he likes a receiver in the third round, for instance. Uh, you know, Marvin Mims is a guy they looked at who looks to me like a, a natural slot receiver. Um, you know, that could be a guy they bring him in, and all of a sudden you know, he becomes less relevant. So you, you'll get a better view of, of sort of the landscape for Olamide after the draft. But, you know, he's, as I said, another draft-proofing guy. So you don't have to force yourself. All right, we need a body at receiver. 
So you, you can't be in that position or you don't want to be in that position. A lot of teams put themselves in that position. Eagles don't like to be in that position where they're saying, oh, we got a pick. Maybe they traded for a pick in the fifth round. We need a body at wide receiver and we're just going to take the best receiver. Uh, they don't like to do that. And that's, you know, sort of why they do these kind of signings. And uh, I thought that you were a bigger fan of his game because you had mentioned him several times here on the show. And when you text me yesterday uh, with the notice that he had signed, I said, they got your guy. And you said, not necessarily my guy. Yeah, and I'm I going, just what are you talking about? You've been him. talking to this guy up for two weeks. No, I thought they were going to sign him. Um, and, you know, I, I always say, you know, I've tried to inform the viewers and the listeners that, what the Eagles are going to do, not what I would do. Um, it, and I thought they were going to sign this kid earlier in the process for all those reasons I kind of said, and they probably were. And as I said, he probably was holding out to see if, you know, there was that last minute offer that maybe somebody, uh, you know, was going to ante up another million or something. And and when it didn't come, he said, "All right, let's let's do it." And 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 that's my guess of how it unfolded. But I always thought it made sense for what they need, what they were looking for. Twenty-five-year-old um, lottery ticket. You know, amazingly, he's younger than Britton Co Covey, so you know, he, you know, he could be involved in in punt returning as well. Just made a lot of sense for what the Eagles were doing, what the Eagles were looking for. Um, yeah, I mean, I I have nothing against him, but <laughs> not I'm not, I wasn't pounding the table like Nick Sirianni to go sign this kid. I just thought it was a a natural fit for what they were doing, and it turns out that it it was right. And my my stance has been, he's not good enough. If he turns into a Jag, just another guy, and that's how I would look at him right now with what he's done so far, five foot eight, undersized. Um, yeah, he's got some speed. You worry more about the speed than I do, that we need to keep Quez because he can actually keep a defense honest. Well, you got to be able to catch the ball to keep a defense honest. I'll give uh, uh, the, the newest Eagle wide receiver credit. He does catch what comes his way. I think he caught 59 out of 60 targets, something like that. Uh, those that were drops were bad throws. Uh, those who were on his hands, he did make the catch. I'll give him that, but uh, I think he's just another guy, and I would like to see the Eagles at the third wide receiver spot get a guy who's actually done something, a playmaker. And, you know, I've thrown Jarvis Landry's name out there a couple of times. Now, Landry hasn't signed, and maybe he's still holding out belief that he's going to get a better deal, too. You wondered why uh, Zacchaeus waited as long as he did, probably hoping that someone would up the offer a little bit. Got to a point where he said, eh, I better take the best offer the Eagles have out there if I want to go home. More power to him. Uh, and Landry hasn't signed yet, but I think he's the guy who's actually proven it in the league. And that's what I was hoping the Eagles were going to do rather than just another guy. Because that's what I think they got yesterday was just another guy. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously age comes into it. Uh, obviously role comes into it. Let me ask you a question about that. Age comes into it. On a one-year contract, what does age have to do with anything? Well, they want, you know, they want, you know, the hope is they want to develop the player and, you know, guys grow together and he's here and he has success and you can easily re-sign him. Uh, he's cheaper. That's part of it as well. Um, you know, 
don't underestimate that aspect of it. Um, and then, but the bigger thing is, I, you know, role. Like if A.J. Brown, and we, we don't want to jinx anybody, if Devontae Smith gets hurt tomorrow, uh, unfortunately doing off-season work, you got to go out and get somebody like that. You got to go out and get somebody like that. But as 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 a third receiver, you want a role player. I always I always compare it to to utility players in baseball. There's different. You don't just get the best player to be a utility player in baseball because it takes a certain mindset. It takes a uh, uh, you know to be able to play different positions, to be able to play once a week and. You know, baseball's changed a lot. I'm I'm talking about my wheelhouse, um, and and back in the old days, I was Luis Soho sticks out always sticks out to me. You know, you'd see him once every two weeks, and he'd get a big hit. Yep. Um, uh, it, it it takes a certain mindset, and a guy who's a star or was a star wants the football. It's just their mindset, and 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 it's not a natural fit when you're getting no traffic. And as good as Jarvis Landry has been in this league, on this team with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, if those guys are healthy, he's getting no traffic, none, zero. So I don't th- I think the biggest I think the biggest factor is the role fit, and that's why you want the best case scenario is to get a young receiver with some significant upside, and I'm not talking about you know. Uh, uh, JSN at the top of the draft. I mean, he he's too good. Uh, but you start looking down the list. I'm looking at my list. Cedric Tillman's of the world. Uh, uh, you know, I mentioned Marvin Mims. Uh, you know, if you get a player like that with some upside that can sort of grow into that, that's probably the best case scenario. But now, for what now, they're looking for Luis Soho. They're looking for somebody to make a play when you need him to make a play in a big situation, but he's not going to get a lot of traffic. Right. So and I don't I, I don't see Zacchaeus as that guy. I just don't. I will tell you that the guys, we can go through them uh, quick. Uh, Morrow, Evans, Greedy Williams, Terrell Edmonds, Rashad Penny, and now this guy, assuming he's on a one-year contract. Uh, which we don't uh, yet know yet. Could None safely, of... You could safely assume Okay, that. yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we certainly, we're at 99%. We can't say 100 because they haven't announced it yet, but we're at 99%. It's a one-year deal. How many of these guys are going to be on the Eagles next year? Um, just you down a list of six I, I free think... agent signings during this offseason. How many of them will play for the Eagles in 2024? Because of the situation, I'm trying to think of all the players. Um, I just ran them down for you. I'll do it again quickly. Morrow, Evans, Greedy, Williams, Terrell Edmonds, Rashad Penny, Zacchaeus uh, from yesterday. How many of those guys will be here with the team uh, past 2023? Uh, I would put the over under at four. Um, four will be here on yes. a for a second year? Uh, oh, for a second year. For a second meant, year. No, I'm not talking you, about this year. I'm talking oh, about 2024. I thought you meant for. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. For 2024, 2024, probably two. Maybe I'll I'm take, being a little I'll, harsh. I'll take Three. the under. If you're a um, two, I'll take the under. Well, remember, you need, again, you need role players as well. So Nicholas Morrow, to me, is fine as a backup, you know, fine. I, I, you know, do I want him to start? No. Um, 
Terrell Edmonds, you know, will probably be in a situation where he'll either play well and 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 play too well. Uh, so he's probably a guy that'll move on. Justin Evans, I don't I don't know what to think of Justin Evans. I mean, he could be <laughs> he's the one. He's he's a complete unknown to me. Um because he's got some talent from you know his college days, but he had so many injuries. He missed three years. I don't know what to think of him. Um, Zacchaeus, I think, has got a chance to be here, especially if he wins the punt return job um, as a backup. Uh, um, and I'm already forgetting half of the names. Uh, um, well, Penny is a key guy. Uh, well, yeah, Penny. If he Penny's has a 17 like, game season that he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, the Eagles will probably want to keep him, depending on what else they do at running back. But then again, it's going to cost. His number's going to go up immediately. If he has yeah, a I, I, year he, in rushing he, for 1,200 yards, you're not getting him for $2 million for oh, Well, yeah, he's the same thing. If, if, if lightning strikes with him, he's sort of the same as Edmonds, even to a higher degree. If lightning strikes with him and it works and it works well, we know he's the one guy we know he can play. Right. We've seen him play. Uh, and he's going to do really well behind this offensive line if, if if he's able to stay healthy for the first time in his life. So I agree with you. I mean, he's going to make too much money, and they're going to they're going to turn the page. So yeah, it's all short terms. I mean, that's what one year deals are. They're short term deals to plug holes and band aids and all that kind of stuff. And you're hoping to get people in the draft that can be the long term answers. Well, that's why I'm, I'm not worried about you said, well, as a kid, it's young. I don't care about young. When you're talking about a one-year contract, young goes out the window to me. I don't care if you're 31 or 25. You can be either of those two ages. If I am leaning heavily toward believing you're only going to be on my team for one year, what do I care how old you are? If, if you're looking at a guy you think you can keep around, you're going to sign to a second contract, then yes, of course, age comes into it. If it's going to be a one and done deal, well, that I would say, I would say, focus on the role aspect. You know, I always get this question with the receivers. I say f- focus on the, the upside aspect. So focus on the talent aspect. Focus it's on the like, production aspect. It's like fifth receivers. I always get fans because you know fans like big names. You know, like if you're a fifth receiver, you got to play special teams. You got to be good on special teams, and they want veteran guys who haven't played special teams in eight years. And they're not going to be relevant for that particular role. Yeah, role is a big part of it. Uh, uh, very, very, very big part of it. Yeah, I, I like a guy who fills a role of being able to make big plays. If you're talking about, well, you got two of them, Jody. You don't. You, Scott, what really you just three. what you just dismissed was you, you touched on it, but then you moved on from it quickly. What happens if Devontae Smith breaks his ankle week two? And now all of a sudden you got Olamadeus Zacchaeus as your number two wide receiver for the entire year. You got you then you go out and get somebody else. You got fifty three. You could go out and get Jarvis Landry, or you could already have Jarvis Landry. I, he, you you might be able to go out and get him to be honest, because he's still out there. Uh, fifty three. You got fifty three players. That's what you're working with. You got big play guys in AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. You can't just build a, a, a superstar team of pro bowl players. You need guys to fit in the roles, whether that role is punt return or special team or a guy, as I mentioned, who's not going to get a lot of traffic. And yes, you can't build your roster saying, oh my God, what if A.J. Brown gets hurt? You can't do it. 
I mean, it, it'd be great if you had 90 players to work with and it was Chip Kelly in college and he could just wave people in. Then, yeah, bring everybody in. But you got to find 53. You got to find 53 guys that fit a team. Role is a big part of it. I'm sorry. It is. Uh, if you think Omar Deus Akias is going to be a great role player for the Eagles. See, I that's didn't why. Say they, that. they, they, I didn't say that. Well then, why wouldn't you want? Why wouldn't you want a better player, more talented player? What What is uh, Zacchaeus bringing to the table? That I want the fact a... that the fact that he's willing to play on the punt team—that's the reason you're signing him over a guy who could, who's actually been a uh, a starter and a borderline star in the league. Well, I mean, again, you're going to get thrown the football maybe twice, maybe three times on a good week. Uh, again, I you know. You can do the due diligence, and maybe Jarvis Landry is happy with that. I, I, you know, I don't see it. This is a guy who's made the Pro Bowl multiple times. This is a guy who used to get the football all the time, all the time, and he's going to sit there and say, "Hey, Jarvis, you know, we got to get the ball to AJ. We got to get the ball to Devontae Smith. We got to get the ball to Dallas Goddard. And oh, by the way, half of these fans want Bijan Robinson on top of that, and then you want Jarvis Landry." I mean, yeah, it's absurd at some point. It's not fantasy football. It's not, well, it's not they, video they, games. They're not bringing in Domkin Stew, who was a multiple-time Pro Bowl guy who came into the Eagles to play partial snaps. You at least investigate. You find out if the guy's interested in it. He was 35 years old, and Domkin, different time of his career. He is, by the way, very mature. He's got this reputation of being this terrible person. He's actually really bright, and, and he's matured a lot. And they did do, and they brought him in in November. If AJ gets hurt and Jarvis is out there, yeah, they'll bring him in. But they're not going to bring him in to be a part of this roster with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard healthy uh, I, and I, ready to go. I, I didn't, I didn't know you had uh, reached out to Jarvis and knew that he was more important to him was a role where he's going to get a hundred targets rather than fifty targets. Well, who's more? I, I didn't, but either did you. Who's more likely to be right? The guy who always get a hundred targets, or the guy who always gets a hundred targets and says, "Oh, I'm fine with never getting I'll tell, the football." I'll tell you why I think I'm right, because it's April twentieth, and he's not signed. If if we had had this conversation in February, I'd go, "Yeah, John's probably right." We're sitting here; he hasn't signed the contract. It's April twentieth. All the teams are opening up their camps. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, he might have to go. Oh shoot! I guess I'm going to have to take a lesser role this year. All right. I mean, you know, we'll agree to disagree. I mean, you want the player. I get it. But, uh, you know, to me, it's, a, it's it's not fantasy football. It's not video games. If guys got a bit, you got 53 guys. You got a bit. Somebody's got to play special teams. The, 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 the back end of the roster wide receivers always play special teams. That's part of the role. Understood. That, that's part of the role. And uh, I, without having talked to him, uh, you lay it out to him. And if he's accepting, if he's not, if he still thinks he's going to be wide receiver one for a team, say, good luck, son. And you let him go good and land with another team. But I'd at least investigate. And the, the, the move has been made and they signed the guy. And I don't think the guy's much of a player. Uh, the fact that he was, and oh, by the way, he was wide receiver too. So he's going to have to accept his role with the Eagles. And I believe he will because we are sitting on April 19th and he hasn't signed and he's got to go, well, this is as good as it's going to get. I guess I got to uh, wrap my head around it. 
I, I think you could have got a more talented player for that wide receiver three role. All right, uh, coming up next, our buddy Tommy Lawler from EaglesBlitz.com. You got to check out his website. I do whenever uh, I get a tweet from him, and he tells me there's a new article up and uh, has been writing about the draft and a lot of different eagle maneuvers, certainly the Hertz extension. We'll talk about it all with Tommy Lawler from Eagles Blitz next here on Birds 365. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Mega Mac here on Birds 365. We're lucky enough. Now, see, I'm going to have to ask him about his outfit, too. Another guy in burnt orange. Is he trying to tell us they've got to take uh, a running back at number 10 this week? From EaglesBlitz.com, uh, Tommy Lawler. What color shirt you got on there, Tommy? It was just the uh, the top of the pile. So there was top no of color the pile. On this Not a one. boy. Who was no it who had orange on earlier in this week and also denied uh, it? Brad Spielberger. 
Spielberg uh, was the, rapping. Oh, it's ba- the, the Bears Chicago are. Bears. Right. I was, yes, I was Chicago wrong Bears. about that. It's big you're, Bears you're not, guy. Not trying to make a uh, subliminal B. John Robinson statement here with that shirt. No, I'm just trying to avoid ketchup stains. That's all I'm looking for. <laughs> well done, well done, Tommy. All right, well, let's start with Bijan. I was talking about, you know, sort of how many playmakers do you need? If I, I over under 90%, Tommy Lawler, uh, Bijan Robinson to the Eagles at 10. Uh, I would say under that. I just, you know. Now, I, I should say over under 90% <clears throat> that the Eagles take him. So, in other words, 90% they're not taking him. Ten oh, percent, they are. Where, then, then, where are you? Then over. Yeah, they're they're not taking Bijan at ten. I just, yeah. I'd, I'd be shocked by that. I, you can make an argument for it, you know, but I would be shocked by it. It just, it doesn't mesh with their history, and it doesn't mesh with the way the NFL is going these days. If we're going to uh, bow down to Howie's history, and we probably should, uh, that the Eagles, when in doubt, will revert to the trenches and go on the line. More so offensive line or defensive line? Is it decided by recent history, need, um, the fact that the value will be there, their draft board says this side or the other side? How do you think it shakes out O-line or D-line if they stay at 10 and make a pick? Yeah, I think it really boils down to the, the individual player, right? And you never want to draft based on need and pass on a more talented player for a less talented player to fit a hole that's there right now. Uh, it happens all the time. You know, we know that the teams will say they don't do it, but we know they do. And we know the Eagles have done it, but ideally you want to focus on talent. And uh, if Jalen Carter falls to 10, he would be the most talented player. And that'd, that'd be the guy you'd go for. If he's off the board, then it could be that an offensive lineman is the most talented player. So that, that could be the way they go, but they're, they're going to have lineman choices. They should have a lineman choice one way or the other. If it comes down to, because I do think the Eagles would jump at three players, and they're all defensive players at that position, but I think it's pretty clear that Will Anderson's not going to be there. He might go number two overall now. Um, uh, Tyree Wilson, pretty clear you'd have to go up and get him. And you mentioned Jalen Carter. I think you're going to have to go up and get him, Tommy. So if those three guys aren't there. You can't move up. You can't do the targeted trade up. And it comes down to Nolan Smith or Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky. What What's Tommy Lawler's thought process there? That's the the equation. If, if those were the three guys on the board, I'd probably go Skaronsky just because in my mind, he's the best offensive lineman there mm-hmm. in, in this draft. And I would take him. I know he's got short arms. You know, I, I realize that. But you watch the guy's footwork. He can play offensive tackle in the NFL. Uh, and he's a guy that could also, w- with his skill set, uh, he could play guard as well. So if you didn't play guard this year to, to push Cam Jurgens, you could do that, have him train, uh, uh, train a, an offensive tackle uh, for the future. So you, you'd have flexibility there. Uh, Nolan Smith's a player I really like, but I just I feel like 10's a little bit early for him. Ideally, if, if those are the three choices at 10, I might want to move back a few spots. And if I could get any of that trio at 12, 13, 14, I'd be a very happy person. I hope the Eagles take whoever they think is the better of the two, Paris Johnson or Skaronsky. You mentioned the other. It just it makes me nuts that they will make a decision based on an inch and a half on a guy's end of a guy's fingertips on how far his fingers get out. 
if they had done that years ago, they never would have taken Jason Kelsey and undersized. Oh, he's, he's not big enough to play in the NFL. Why the hell would you even take Jason Kelsey in the sixth round? Oh, because he's a Hall of Fame player, and they got that one right. Um, all right, so if they don't go offensive line, if they go edge, edge instead, um, taking out the two guys who John, I think, correctly states will be gone by the time the Eagles get to 10. Who are the edge guys that you do like at 10 that you think the Eagles will be looking at? Well, Smith is obviously one, and Smith is an interesting player. You know, he didn't post huge numbers at Georgia, which that discussion we know that goes back a year. <laughs> Nobody does. Yeah, that you got so many players, and their scheme does some some odd things. So these guys aren't just lining up in a four three, flying off the edge the way that we're used to. And if you go back twenty five years ago, we watched Florida State. They line up at a four man line, and they always had two defensive ends that had eight to ten, eight to twelve sacks a year. And you just knew what they could do because they were doing the same thing over and over. Well, you you put on the Georgia tape and you see Nolan Smith doing a variety of things, playing in in the three-man line, playing kind of a linebacker and some looks and just doing a variety of things. And uh, and they don't just let him fly off the edge unencumbered. And so it's a little different. But in some ways, it's similar to Michael Parsons. You know, Parsons coming out was 6'2", 245, you know, ran up 4'3", 439. And here you've got uh, Smith at 6'2", 238, running a 4'3", 8, 4'3", they're, they're interesting comparisons there to be made. And so the thought of if we could get somebody that had that kind of speed, the kind of ability that he does, um, that, that, that has to intrigue you just a little bit, right? Because we, we saw what Parsons did last year, and he was the absolute freak. So he's interesting. The, the guy that I, I – I'm back and forth with his Lucas Van Ness from Iowa, who six foot five, 272 pounds. So you say, okay, that's great size. He could play uh, the three tech uh, role as an inside pass rusher. He can line up as an, an edge rusher. He could play a four eyed defensive end. Uh, he had the same base, almost identical three cone and short shuttle times. as Hassan Reddick when he came out, but Hassan Reddick was 35 pounds lighter. So you sit there and you go, wow, that's that's pretty freaky. The flip side is he's never started a game. He was a backup at Iowa. That said, he still played. I think he led the defensive lineman and snaps played. Yeah, he, he played more. I was one of those places, Tommy. They don't start younger players. They they pay deference to older players. So That's exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. So yeah. it, it's it's worth noting, but it does need context. Yeah. And uh, But he, he also only played two years there, right? So he's a he's a fascinating player with tremendous upside, but he is a little bit raw. And and you just sit there and you when you watch him, you say, is he the 10th best player in this draft? And, and that's where I struggle a little bit. Again, if you could trade back three, four, five spots, I'd feel a lot more comfortable with him. Yeah, as, uh, everybody wants to do that. And I hope how he does it, and he's been very good at being able to pull it off. But you have to find a dance partner. It just You can't just wave your magic wand and say, oh, okay, he's good enough value at 15. Might not be a 10, so let me get the 15. Well, you got to get the 15. You got to find a team that's willing to trade with you. Uh, one of the things that's bumming me out heading up to the draft is, of those guys, uh, Smith, Van Ness, I actually like Miles Murphy of uh, Clemson better than the two aforementioned. And I don't think he's uh, the Eagles are going to take him at 10. I uh, know that you've been on top of it on, on your website uh, with the Eagles pre-draft visits. As far as I know, and they keep them under wraps as best they can, and mostly the information leaks out, I don't think they brought him in for a visit. They did Smith. They did Van Ness. 
Uh, they surely did uh, uh, Carter, who you have to hope falls down to you. But um, can can Miles Murphy fall all the way to 30? My buddy Rick Saratella from NFL Draft Bible has him going to the Eagles at number 30. Man, how great a pick would that be? Because I think I'd take this kid at 10. What do you think of Miles Murphy from Clemson? Very talented player. No question about it. I don't like him at 10. Um, he, he's a guy who's a, a very experienced player. And yet there's times he still looks a little bit raw with his pass rush. Uh, he does have a good size, six foot five, two sixty eight. He's athletic. And you watch some of the things he did. And at Clemson, they let their guys fly off the edge a little bit more. They're they're a little bit more of a traditional defense where those guys can only get after it. Uh, he, he's good. I don't know that he's gonna last to thirty, but I think it's possible. And uh, and he would be a good good value at thirty. I just don't like him at ten. Um we 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 focus a lot on on ten for obvious reasons, Tommy. But that that thirtieth pick we haven't focused on as much, and it's an interesting one for a number of reasons. Obviously, anytime you're at the end of the first round, you got the fifth year option thing. People want to come up to get it, or they want to go back because they don't want it. Um, chance to move back early in the second round. But boy, I I, I look at. I look at Brian Branch and I say, that's exactly the kind of player the Eagles want at safety. Exactly. I mean, he's got the mirrored ability. He can play in the slot. He can play at safety. Um, you know, we always talk about box safeties. We look at Terrell Edmonds. He doesn't seem like a natural fit for what the Eagles do defensively. Trading for Buda Baker, you know, he's more of the, the Swiss Army knife guy which doesn't fit what they do. Brian Branch seems to fit everything. If he's there at 30, you just say, screw it, take him. I've never taken a safety. We can call him a defensive back, label him however you want. Um, I, he makes – he he's the best fit for the Philadelphia Eagles in this draft for me. How, how do you see uh, Brian Branch and the Eagles as a match? I think, I think good. I wouldn't quite – go as strong as you are. Uh, and, and part of it is we're guessing here, right? We haven't sh- heard Sean Desai talk yet. We haven't seen him coach a game. <laughs> We've we heard Nick, though, to be fair, Tommy. We've heard Nick talk, to be fair, Nick Sirianni. Oh, sure, and he, sure, and sure. he said, we're playing the same defense. He's said it three times yeah, uh, I, on the record. So it, it, and when we think about what they had last year, you know, uh, you had, a, you had uh, a, a guy in Blankenship, who had the ability to play deep and come up aggressively, uh, physical player, and obviously a physical player in uh, in Epps, and then CJ uh, Gardner Johnson was just a uh, he was a, a different guy, you know, because he had the ability to be a center fielder, he had been a nickelback, he had that kind of versatility. When I watch Brian Branch, he played the star position in Alabama, which they they do some different things with. He had the ability to play as a nickel. He, he he's I think he's a little bit better closer to the line of scrimmage than he is back deep. And I get the feeling the Eagles would probably like somebody who had a little bit more down the field coverage ability, but uh, the guy is the best safety in the class. And the interesting thing is he, he doesn't have great size. He doesn't have great speed, but he's so smart and so instinctive and safety is a position where those are critical uh, instincts or they're critical traits rather. You don't, you can have a guy who runs four, three, five, but if he doesn't know where he's going, it takes him an extra second to process and he's going to be late to the yeah. ball. Versus a guy who, who's studied his game tape, sees what the offense is doing and can make that break. And he might not run the fastest, but he gets there on time. And he makes that play. Branch is that guy. 
And I would absolutely, I'd be, I'd love him at pick 30. I don't know that he's going to last to that point because he is the best safety and his, uh, his versatility with being able to play in the slot to be able to play in the box, to be able to play deep. You know, he, he's, he's going to check a lot of boxes and some teams going to, going to go for him. But if he was there at 30, I certainly would take him. Yeah. Uh, I think John's got the right read. I might think he's a perfect fit for the Eagles. I think the biggest problem is he's not going to be there at 30. I think he's going somewhere in the twenties and uh, I don't know how he's going to be willing to trade up from 30, we continue to note that deals are a little short on draft capital this year. If a team's willing to take picks next year, they know they're going to get extra picks next year. They can't trade them because they don't have them yet, but they've got their own. So they could use future picks if they need to move up. But again, we can't just will this into existence. You got to find a dance partner who's willing to make it happen. All right. Uh, dance partners who met in the middle of the floor this week at Eagles and Jalen Hurts and got the contract extension done Highest paid player in the history of the National Football League. But Howie Roseman doing his cap magic keeps the Eagles in very good cap shape for the first four years of this deal. And both John and I were surprised that it got done as early as it did. We uh, were both thinking uh, June, somewhere thereabouts. They did get it done here in April before the draft. What do you think was the key, Tommy? The fact that both sides wanted it done, the fact that one or the two was a little more aggressive in getting it done. Uh, were you surprised when the, the announcement came down that Jalen Hurts was going to be an Eagle for the next six years? No, it didn't surprise me a bit. I mean, we know both sides wanted this deal done. And Jalen, to me, is all about business. So he wasn't looking to go get the greatest deal in the history of deals. He wasn't going to fight for every last <laughs> nickel he wants to be an Eagle. He wants to have a good team around him. So he was trying to get a contract that was going to compensate him appropriately, right? He just came off a great season. He's the, the, the needle is pointing sky high and deserves a lot of money for that. Uh, so he wasn't going to come in and be cheap, but at the same time, he wasn't going to sit there and tell his agent, listen, there's no way I'm signing first because I want to see somebody else sign first and we want to react to that deal. He would probably be fine if Burrow and and uh, and Herbert got deals bigger than him in the next two months. He, he's he's more interested in winning Super Bowls than contract negotiations. And the Eagles, obviously, we know Jeffrey Lurie is willing to pay big money. I mean, there was a time when Donovan McNabb was the highest paid player in NFL history. Uh, we know he's given up big contracts to you know John Runyon got the first huge deal by an offensive lineman or one of the first huge deals by an offensive lineman. Uh, we know they spent money all over the place with corners, defensive ends, and and that's just been their M.O. They're willing to pay star players. And so the fact both sides were on the same page and worked to get this done, uh, it, it's, a, it's a good thing. Because you just look at what's going on in Baltimore with the team and the player. There's a there's an adversarial relationship, and that's just, uh, you know, that's just it's crazy. I don't know how you let it get to that when that guy's the face of your franchise. Yeah, and Baltimore, by the way, had a reputation – um, as a great organization as well. Um, so you never know when things can go off the rails, but it wasn't going to happen with Jalen Hurts. I, I agree with you 100% on that, Tommy. And when we look down the road in two, three years, this is going to be framed as a very team-friendly deal. Um, the cap numbers, I think, surprised us all, uh, just how light they were in those first four years Typically, and the Eagles have already started, and they've understood the structure of the deal for a while. We we talk about all the lottery tickets, as Howie Roseman uh, talks about. Uh, they've shifted their roster philosophy. Does it have to be a dress, as drastic as we all thought 
after you've seen this deal? In other words, you know, Buda Baker, we talked about safety. Why not? You know, I don't know if he's a fit, but they can bring him in if they want. Um, are they being too cautious because of the deal they were able to get when it comes to the building this team's roster? No, I don't think so. I mean, you, you look and, and Devontae Smith's going to need a big contract in, in a couple of years. Landon Dickerson's going to need a big contract. Uh, potentially uh, Milton Williams, you know, at some point do you sit there and say Hassan Reddick's underpaid? We got to give him a raise. Uh, there's all kinds of players that, that are going to need more money in the future. It's, it's the ultimate curse, right? You want to go find talented players. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got to pay them. <laughs> and, and like you guys were talking about earlier, you don't have unlimited resources where you can just pay everybody as much as they want and bring everybody in. You've got some constraints there with the size of the roster, with salary cap. So you have to be able to pick and choose your spots and how you spend money. And uh, so I think they've done a smart job realizing that they really – they want to keep a lot of their own guys rather than having to bring in, in people from the outside. And, um, and it's because they know they, they've got some good players to, to pay and listen, who knows, maybe Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean will take off. We don't know how this current draft class will do. So they, they could have some, some, some big guys to have to pay in the incoming year. So uh, I think cap flexibility is going to be important for them. And uh, linebacker seems to be a questionable position. I hope Nick Morrow's a player. I don't know that he's a player. I like the fact that he played every down for the Bears last year, but he wasn't really a playmaker. Is that something they'll address in the draft? I don't think they'll do it with a first or a second round pick. They've got the third, then the drop off. Nothing till the seventh. If Howie doesn't maneuver around and add draft capital, do you think a linebacker could be one of their uh, first four picks? I I, I don't. Uh really the, the key here is it's not a good uh not a good class of linebackers so this is kind of like when you go to the grocery store uh, you know in the south when they announce a snowstorm everybody goes to the grocery store and buys the thing uh, they so go here they go here tommy <laughs> okay I, I wasn't sure i wasn't sure oh yeah and so you oh, walk yeah. in there there's not a loaf of bread there's not a jug of milk uh there might be a couple of weird beers there you know no donuts <laughs> so you, you got no choices and this just not a good group of linebackers. There, there's some real athletic, interesting guys for the weak side. I think they need more of a middle linebacker so they could play Nicobe on the weak side because that's that's the vibe I've gotten as they would, would prefer him on the weak side. If they prefer him in the middle, then there are some intriguing weak side linebackers. And Nicholas Morrow, actually, if you go back and look last year, uh, he, pl he played middle linebacker for the Bears for the first part of the season. And when they traded Roquan Smith, they moved Morrow to the weak side. And his play picked up when he went to the weak side. And in fact, when, the, when they played the Eagles late in the year, he was the weak side linebacker. They had a fantastic game then. Uh, if you put him in space and let him move around and, and fly to the football, he's he's fine. You know, he's he maybe a slightly lesser version of Kaiser White, and Kaiser did a fantastic job for the Eagles last year. So you don't necessarily need a great player there. Uh, you know, listen, I, I go back to the old days. I'd love to see Byron Evans and Seth Joyner lining up for the Eagles, right? Unfortunately, in football these days, linebackers are hard to find. The game has just changed, and that's a position that's really suffered. And uh, it's tough to find those guys. But the draft class, not a lot of compelling guys in the draft class. So Let, uh, let me just throw you one guy. And I know he's not a perfect fit. And if we're trying to do the square peg in a square hole, and never shall we try and adjust, uh, this, this guy's not going to work. If the Eagle defense is very, very, very similar to the one they had last year, 
he doesn't go in unless you change his position. Nate Herbig's brother, Nick Herbig from Wisconsin, is kind of a tweener. He's undersized for defensive line. He's a little too big to play in a two-linebacker set. He's an edge guy is basically what he is. So we can call him a linebacker again, and it annoys the snot out of John when they call edge guys linebackers because we know they're really not. Uh, but Nick Herbeck, Nate's younger brother from Wisconsin, um, probably a third or fourth round draft pick. Do you think the Eagles would take a guy like that? Sure. So, well, but again, he would be, you'd be drafted into backup Hassan Reddick, right? That's where you would put Herbig because he's a pass rusher. That's where he is at his best is coming after the quarterback. And we know the they Eagles They say in are, cover, though. I saw his grades. Uh, PFF said he was very good in coverage, which doesn't make a lot of sense if you've got a guy who gets 11 sacks but is also good in coverage. I'd, I'd kind of want that guy on my football team and find a role, create a role for him. So if, if the Eagles don't draft, uh, you know, somebody like Nolan Smith or Will McDonald in the first round and they get to the third or fourth round, you're going to have guys like like uh, like Nick Herbig who would be of interest because they've been looking for somebody to be that either the starter or the backup with Reddick. Um, b- before Reddick came, they, 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 they tried some guys, you know, Patrick Johnson, they, they drafted to see what he could do. A real effort guy. You love to watch him play. He's good on special teams, but he just doesn't have that burst to be tackles. They drafted Kyron Johnson last year, thinking he could possibly uh, help in that area. Real good on special teams. Didn't show much as a pass rusher. So they could go for a guy like Herbig. There's uh, Nick Hampton from Appalachian State is another guy. 6'2", 235, 238, uh, flies off the edge. Uh, Jose Ramirez from Eastern Michigan, more of a late-round guy that, that somebody the Eagles are shown interested in. 6'2", 242, and it could come fly off the edge. So there's going to be some guys in the middle of late rounds that could take another chance on. They've been looking. They haven't found that guy to back up Hassan Reddick, but they could they keep looking this year for sure. Uh, at Lawler NFL, make sure you follow Tommy on Twitter. You can read him at EaglesBlitz.com. That's I-G-G-L-E-S, Blitz.com. Does a tremendous job. So, uh, Jody and I were going back and forth. The latest draft proof signing uh, for the Eagles, a uh, local kid. Um, uh, what do you think of, 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 of uh, 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 Alalami Made? I screwed up the name, Jody. Help me out. You got Alamade Zacchaeus. Alamade Zacchaeus. Um, excited? Nothing? What do we think of this signing? He's so much better than Jarvis Landry. It's crazy. That's all. <laughs> no, he's a uh, listen. He's what you want. And I heard the discussion you guys had, and and you would love to talk to Jarvis Landry, but Jarvis at his best is a 100 catch guy that you feed the ball to in a slot. And he makes plays for you. The Eagles don't need that. They have two 100 catch guys already. They need guys who can come in and be happy with 20, 30, 40 catches. And you're just not going to get a volume receiver. That's why when some people have projected the Eagles spending a first round pick on a wide receiver, I'm like, I, you know, it'd be nice, but the guy's just not going to get touches. Are you going to take them away from Goddard, from AJ, from Devontae? Uh, I just don't see it. So uh, Alameda comes in and he's a guy that can play the slot. He's got good run after the catch ability. Uh, he'll make some tough catches. He's got a little bit of downfield ability. So he fits what they need. Now, is he a super talented player? No, but that's part of why he's available and why he's willing to come in and be happy with 30 or 40 catches. Um, 
the Eagles could still look to the draft to, to bolster things. And uh, I, I bet Nick Sirianni it would tell you that he's curious to see how Quez Watkins bounces back from a disappointing season. You know, Quez showed some real promise in 2021. And then last year, Quez was, was disappointed. There's no two ways about it. So, you know, is Quez going to probably be that number three guy? Then Alameda is going to be your number four guy and kind of fill that role that Zach Pascal had last year. He's not going to necessarily be as good a special teamer or a blocker, but he's going to come in and fill that role in terms of catching passes here and there and helping you run plays. All right. Another uh, quote-unquote uh, offensive position that the Eagles may or may not address in the draft. If they do, it'll probably not be too late. Do you think they need another young tight end? Someone uh, hit me up on a with a call on WIP this week. They need to draft a tight end. Can they get another tight end? You never know when Goddard's going to get hurt. I kind of liked what I saw out of Calcaterra last year. Now he's a specific type of tight end. He's not exactly like Dallas Goddard, but he started the year injured and the like. I think they're good there. Do you think the Eagles think they're good at the backup tight end position? So that's a position where you're looking and you're trying to see, is there a good player available? So I think they'd be fine if they went into the year with Jack Stoll as their primary backup in Calcaterra is their number three, or those two guys battling it out for the backup spot. Uh, I think they'd be okay with that. But this is a great tight end class where there's no linebackers. There are tight ends all over the place. And so if the Eagles are sitting there in the third or fourth or fifth round, and there's a really good player who's, who's on the board, they may take him not so much as an insult to, to Stoller Calcaterra, but it's like, that's a really good player. We're, we're just surprised he's available. And so they, they, they could easily go for a tight end. Uh, they haven't done a lot of looking at those guys. They've not brought them in for visits and things like that. They're kind of looking passively. But they'll their scouts will have checked these guys out thoroughly. They saw them at the uh, Senior Bowl, the Shrine game. They lost, saw them at the Combine. So they'll have their, you know, their, their profiles done, and they'll have their grades on them. And if the right player falls, I could see the Eagles pulling a trigger because you're always looking to upgrade, right? Because yeah. you, you know if there's a player, if there's value – you don't want to pass on something and go, well, we're good enough. If there's a player that could upgrade you and the, and the, the cost is reasonable, then you go for it. But Stoll is a good blocker, shows a little bit of promise as a receiver. Calcaterra is a really good receiver. He's just got to become a functional blocker, but then yeah. he could be somebody that, that could really grow in the offense. And what's interesting, Tommy, is at that particular position, people say, well, you don't need a tight end because you have Dallas Goddard. He's exactly the age that Zach Ertz was when the Eagles drafted Dallas Goddard. And Zach was coming off, I think, three straight 70-catch seasons. And then, by the way, when Dallas got here, he had the big one, the 116, whatever it was. Um, they had two great tight ends for three and a half years. They don't, they don't have a problem with two great tight ends. So, yeah, that's something to keep in the back pocket. It is a very deep tight end draft. And if is, is falls, it deep or is it top heavy? I think I think they're going to be I think four it's tight deep. ends that go in the first two rounds, which is a pretty big number for tight ends. But the depth is there in the draft at the tight end position. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. No, there, there's all kinds of guys. I mean, you start talking Brenton Strange from Penn State's going to be a uh, probably a third or fourth round pick. Zach Coons from Old Dominion is out there. 
I mean, we all know about the the two, two uh, the Georgia guy, Darnell Washington, and then there's uh, Kincaid and Musgrave. Those guys are all going to go early. Right. But there's going to be, be other players. Round. Iowa's got another one. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. They always got to tell you. Uh, Sam, Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta. Yeah, he's a fantastic player. Yeah. And he's probably going to be a second or third round pick. Uh, Payne Durham from Purdue is a good player. There, there's going to be tight ends in rounds three, four, five. There's going to be guys to be had. Now listen. It could be we, we saw a couple of years ago the Eagles there was a super defensive tackle draft and every time the Eagles were ready to take a defensive tackle, a team two or three spots ahead of them took that guy and the Eagles came away with no defensive tackles and how he yeah. said it was really frustrating because there was all these players they had thought they could get and right before them somebody nabbed that guy so same thing could happen but that's why I say if the player is available and the Eagles sit there and say hey listen we've got a third round grade on this guy he's here in the fifth round heck yeah let's bring him in and. You know, if he beats out those guys, then what ha- we'll see what happens. If, if he doesn't, then maybe we put him on a practice squad. All right, so Tommy, last thing, last thing, and this may be as important as the Jalen Hurts contract extension. Who's going to be punting for the Eagles in 2023? What's a punter? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to go for it. They're going to yeah, be uh, the first team. They're going to be like that high school team that never punted. Exactly just, right. Just go for it. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Listen, uh, you know, Sipos uh, <clears throat> did some good things the last couple of years, but he just had some critically bad punts in the playoffs that hurt him in both games. Um, I guess you could bring him back, but boy, you'd sure like to upgrade there. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I study draft punters and, and understand. <laughs> what do you mean? You got up. all these tight ends lined up. You, you went 20 deep in describing tight ends. You can't give me one punter, Lola? Come on. You know, I, I can't. I'm a bum. I'm a bum. <laughs> Overrated. Uh, yeah, no, they, they'll they'll need to figure out something at punter. And um, so we'll see what they do. It's going to be because there's not much left on a free agent market that I know of. Uh, but the Eagles have been good at. I know being... Brad Kern's on the free agent market. <laughs> yeah, he can stay there. Uh, they've been good at being patient and finding solutions to these things. And, you know, maybe they do bring Sipos back. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, you'd like for them to, to figure something else out there because uh, those, those last, the Super Bowl. Didn't uh, uh, Jody, didn't uh, the Jet the Jets just release the punter? Um, yeah, he wasn't really good. And uh, he got picked up on waivers. I think the Eagles tried to put a claim on him, but uh, weren't able to get him. Yeah, Pittsburgh. I was wondering, did you hear that? Because I haven't confirmed that, Tommy. Um, I I, I was wondering if the Eagles might try to claim him, but they never would have gotten him anyway. So, yeah, uh, because Pittsburgh uh, uh, was awarded him. But I was interested in that, and I forgot to, I forgot to double back because nobody cares about punters. But uh, well, Jimmy Kimsky does, but that's it. Nobody cared about punters. Until Aaron Sipas punted the ball in the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter, yeah, and then exactly. and then everybody cared about punting. Oh yeah, that's right. Spend the Tommy, first round, spend ten on a punter. TL, great stuff. Uh, please check out his website, Eagles. That's I G G L E S Blitz dot com. He's posted about the birds all the time. He's been covering the Eagles forever, and he's always great when he joins us. Tommy, thanks much. Fun talking to you guys. Tommy thanks, Lawler. Tommy. Eaglesblitz.com here with us on Birds 365. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac coming back. You know what Tommy did? He stoked a reminder to me for a question I've been meaning to ask you for. I I, I have my show sheet. I write my show sheet every single day, stuff I want to talk about with my partner, John McMullen. And I've been writing this down like every day for two weeks. And I just never get around to it because it's it's not a pressing question. It's kind of a 
long arcing over period of time question uh the johnson brothers on the eagles chiron and uh patrick patrick they're here they don't play they're still on the roster every once in a while uh nick siriano would throw a plaudit their way jonathan gannon before he became the coach of arizona would throw a plaudit yeah but they never get on the field so i want to ask john about that what he thinks the eagles think I know it's a tough question because, as Tommy also pointed out, we still haven't heard from Sean Desai. At some point, the Eagles defensive coordinator's got to at least give us some insight as yeah. to what he's going to do and what he thinks of the roster that he's got. Uh, but we'll talk about some guys that are on the roster rather than maybe on the roster in the draft when we come back here on Birch 365. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Guys, here on Bird 365, one week till the 
the NFL draft, and we'll continue to talk draft. We're going to get Adam Kaplan up here uh, in the next 15 minutes or so uh, from InsideTheBirds.com. Uh, podcast radio show also does work for Sirius XM's NFL uh, radio network. Uh, we haven't had Adam on for a dog's age. Uh, looking forward to talking with him again. I did the uh, other week with uh, Glenn Macnow on WIP, so it'll be good to catch up with Adam again. Uh, but before we get to the draft and Adam and everything, I do want to ask you about the brothers Johnson on the Philadelphia Eagles, Patrick and Chiron. Guys who have been added the last couple of years, been part of the roster. You and I were debating earlier about three wide, the wide receiver three and the importance of special teams. The Eagles special teams have not, they weren't good last year, the year before, okay at best. Uh, the Johnson brothers are guys who do play on special teams. Uh, they're still holding their roster spots here in Philadelphia. Do either of these guys have a chance to contribute in any significant way to the Eagles this year, in your opinion, Josh? Well, I think uh, they'd like an upgrade um, at edge rusher, um, which is why we're talking about the Nolan Smiths of the world. You know, remember, we were talking about roles and backups and things like that on the offense. Um, You know, Patrick Johnson is Hassan Reddick's backup, and, you know, that wouldn't be good. Yeah, if Hassan goes down, there's a little bit of a drop-off there. That's what you're telling me? Yeah, that that one. Now he played more than I think, you know. And maybe this is another shot than people realize because you didn't notice him that much. But um, uh, he he. I'm just looking it up as we talk. Uh, to Patrick Johnson, um, two hundred thirty-two snaps on on the defensive side. So. You know, he, he got upgraded. That's a surprisingly large number. I would yeah. have definitely said under on that. No, he played basically he 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 took Derek Barnett's uh rotational spot when Derek uh tours ACL in week one. So he was that fourth edge rusher instead of Derek Barnett. And to be honest, Derek would have played more than that. So that that tells you he didn't play up to the level that the Eagles wanted and probably put more um they were really, really disciplined with Brandon Grant because he was coming off. So it probably put more on the plate of Josh Sweat and, and Hassan. Um, now, nobody cared because Hassan was so good. And Josh Josh might be the most underrated player on this team. He's he's a really good player. Um, so, you know, that's one of the reasons they want to get back to that four-man rotation with effectiveness. And, um, you know, he's – we're using this term too much, but he's just a guy. Um, I don't see a lot more the upside. Now you talk about Kyron Johnson, the Eagles drafted him to be a special teams player. Like that was his reputation in, in, in college. He was this great, great special teams player. He just, it didn't show up. Um, Now he's a six he was a six round pick so it's not like you're expecting that much he he barely played on defense but he was supposed to be a core four guy i always talk about you know the dave bip days when they would they would have the chris maragosas and brian bramans and Najee goods the guys who were just good at special teams and they don't do that anymore well they tried to do it with kyron johnson didn't work um maybe it does work uh 
maybe you just need some experience. Um, but I would say that, you know, that's his role. He's got to be a core four guy on special teams and didn't see a lot of evidence of his reputation uh, as a collegiate player in that phase last year. Oh, and I'll give Patrick Johnson credit because, man, I didn't know he played many snaps, as you said. Uh, I guess he wasn't supplanted by Robert Quinn, the outstanding acquisition by Howie Rose. And I said, we well, they Howie. wanted Howie. How would we love you? Robert. But we got to point out the good with the bad. That fourth round pick the Eagles won't be making this year for the how many snaps did Robert Quinn play? Well, I'm I'm glad you brought him up because I should have brought him up. That's another indication that you know Patrick didn't perform at the level they wanted him to. That's why they went out and got Robert Quinn, and that didn't work out either. Um, so that's just another indication that um <laughs> the Eagles need need an edge rusher. So when people say, well, they have Hassan Reddick, they have Brandon Graham, they have Josh Sweat. Yeah, they're all great players, but they want they want to come at you in waves. Right. And that 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 other edge rushing position, the fourth one, is really important for this team. And that's why don't be surprised if it's Nolan Smith or Lucas Van Ness or somebody like that. Could very well be their first overall pick in the draft. Uh and Patrick Johnson did get a lot of snaps for not a whole heck of a lot of production, but I would have guessed Thunder because they went out and got Robert Quinn. And I thought, all right, well, there go his snaps. Well, Quinn did next to nothing, and yes, the Eagles. Well, remember, Robert got hurt, too. He had knee surgery, and he missed a bunch of games. So, But he wasn't playing well either way. So, um, Right, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but still waiting for his signing this offseason, correct? Yeah. It's He's not, still out uh, there on the on the free agent market, waiting to be scooped up by some team. I hope he doesn't wait too long. Um, yeah, they they still need another edge guy, and I did throw that name out there. And he, if they don't, if they go offensive line in the first round, John, if it's Paris Johnson, uh, that that's the selection at number ten, um, and they go, uh, who knows where they go in the the second round? But it's not edge again, Nick Herbig. He's he's another a, he's, Herbie. Yeah. He's a talented enough player to go in the third round. The, the where the Eagles pick in the third round, which is I think ninety four. Where did it? Are their third round picks slotted in for uh, a compensation compensatory picks? Yeah, the they, compensatory they get, picks are. They, they might be pushed back to ninety four. Well, there's thirty two, so it's ninety six. Yeah, so it's ninety four. I think is their pick in the third round. He's a talented enough player to take there. Is he a fit for them? Is he going to be a good enough? He's he's a tweener, and I hate using that word, but sometimes it just stone cold fits, and I think it does here. He's not a natural uh, edge guy. He's not certainly not a linebacker, a little too big, but I did check the PFF grades on him, and he's uh, thought to be a real good coverage guy. Does he fit, assuming that the defense is going to be very similar to the one last year? And you keep telling us this because that's what Nick Sirianni is hinted at, even though we haven't heard from the defensive coordinator yet. Um, is is Herbig younger Herbig, younger and Herbig, a guy who could fit for the Philadelphia Eagles if they don't get an edge in either of the first two rounds? Probably not. Um, from what you're just saying. 
you know, and I think the Eagles are way too slavish to fit on the defensive side. I think they're much more malleable on offense. I yeah. really do. Um, it, it, defensively, it's like, oh, we, we I, yeah. I mean, to me, and we talked about this a little bit with Terrell Edmonds, uh, you know, he's got to play because he's the best guy they got. Um, <laughs> figure it out. Um, and they need a linebacker. They need a linebacker. And, you know, if you're asking me and it comes to that place in the draft, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mind taking them. If you're asking them, they'll probably say, no, nah, he doesn't fit what we do. Uh, um, and I don't like that. I don't like yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I know that uh, you're, you've been well on record that they're overly married to the system, as am I. Yeah, you may be a little more so than me, but yeah, they and it, it is annoying. And I get it. The Eagles are going to dispense information when and how they want to, not when Eagle fans would like to know. And we like to give our slant on it, but um, we still don't even know what kind of defense they're going to. I know they, people want. I know. I most people don't like the scheme. Let's be honest. I think we could agree on that. Philadelphia every, fan, Philadelphia Eagle fans don't like a non-aggressive scheme. You're kidding yeah. me, John. Is that really the case? Yeah. And I know everybody's holding out hope because they haven't talked to Sean Desai. Man, I hate to snatch hope from you, but I, again, Nick. Nick has been very, very honest about it. Sean's history tells you all you need to know. He's a big banjo guy. He's right. not all of a sudden coming coached, in and saying. He coached under him. It's not yeah. even a, like uh, knew a guy who knew a guy. Oh, no, he coached yeah. under that's the what, guy. So you know that's going to be the case. That's what Gannon was. He knew a guy who knew a guy. Right. This is a guy who who's with Bick. He's a disciple of Bick. Direct disciple, I, I, yeah. I, You know. I don't know what people are hoping for, but you ain't getting it. It is what it is. And, you know, Tommy brought up a good point about safeties and, and communication and, 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 and branches football IQ communications, big, you, you see it all the time in the back end on this defense. When those guys don't communicate, it looks ugly. Super Bowl. I was going to no say, communication. Do, do we need to go any further than yeah. inside the five on two specific yeah. plays in the Super Bowl. When the when when you don't communicate on the back end in this defense, it looks ugly. Just put in that Minnesota tape from last year. Ugly. They didn't communicate all year. The Eagles were great at it all year, and all of a sudden they they crapped the bed on the biggest stage. Unfortunately, and didn't communicate. When you don't communicate in this defense in the secondary, it's a flipping disaster, Jody. It is a flipping disaster. That's one of the things I don't like about this defense because there are, you know, everybody gets younger, everybody, and, and especially with the Eagles now, they want to get cost effective. They want younger players. They want draft picks. They got to be on the field earlier. Guess what? Those guys don't have a lot of experience. Those are the ones that are going to make mental mistakes. They're going to have to learn from their mistakes, the growing pains, the startup costs we always talk about. Um, The easiest thing for them to do is, all right, there's Jody McDonald. You got him. You know, press coverage, man coverage, aggressive, everything likes. That's easy for young players. Point at somebody and say, that's your guy. What's difficult 
Uh, now this is cover two. This is cover four. This is cover eight. This is cover two invert. Uh, you gotta you gotta disguise pre-snap. You gotta communicate. You gotta you gotta communicate with Darius Slade. We saw what Josiah Scott on third and thirty. That was a communication breakdown. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you you gotta have all these signals between. It is a disaster this defense when the communication is bad on the back end. Right. And it sounds like John and I are going class half empty here. Uh, two touchdowns in the Super Bowl, third and 30 conversion. They were the number one ranked defense number one. Pass in the NFL. So number one. We, we can point out the breakdowns. And when they break down, they can be pretty damn ugly. They didn't break down all that much last year. You couldn't have and been the number one well, passing defense in the NFL. I said of all the teams that played that defense, and there were a bunch of them in, in double digits in the NFL, they ran it the best. Yep. They were the best at it. They were the best at it. And I remind people it wasn't good enough to win the Super Bowl, and it wasn't good enough for the fan base. So that's why I said from day one, I feel a little bit sorry for Sean Desai coming into this environment with these expectations. And by the way, he doesn't have – Javon Hargrave. He doesn't have C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He doesn't have Marcus Epps. He doesn't have T.J. Edwards. He doesn't have Kaiser White. All of a sudden, you're putting him in this environment with Reed Blankenship and Terrell Edmonds and Nicholas Morrow. Mm. Right. And that's that's the thing that scares me about the Eagles' defense as of right now. And we think they will address it in the draft coming up and upgrade both John and I are kind of hoping that Branch is sitting there at 30 when the Eagles pick couldn't get that card up to the podium fast enough if that's the case. Yeah, the safety position right now is a crapshoot for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know nobody's, well, maybe John and I are uh, missing Marcus Epps as much as they should, but he was a damn stable player for the Philadelphia Eagles last year. And for my money, they haven't replaced him yet, but they still have the rest of the offseason and the draft. Speaking of the draft, that's what we're going to do with our next guest. Adam Kaplan's going to jump in here. I haven't had him on the show in a good long period of time. Looking forward to catching up with Adam Kaplan from InsideTheBirds.com, Sirius XM's NFL Radio. Adam Kaplan next on Birds 365. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right. Just by talking with Brian in my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind 
and get lost in the woods. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. McDonald and McMullen, the Mac and Mac guys here with you on Birds 365. And we bring in our buddy Adam Kaplan to join the fray. Yeah. It's It's been a while. Yeah. How you been, big guy? Good to see you guys. Joseph Aloysius McDonald. How are you? Yeah. Doing good? I'm, I'm good. And Johnny Mac's good. Johnny too, Mac's here. Good to see Johnny Mac. Yeah. I, I, John and I left. Oh, we lost Adam. Yeah, we got to be able to hear his volume. Uh... Tweak, tweak your volume there, uh, AC, and see if we get you back. He's hearing us fine, yeah. uh, but we're we're we've got to be able to hear Adam Kaplan. Now he's a handsome guy. He's got yeah. a nice smiling face, but yeah. we really do want to hear what he has yeah, to say. We still can't, uh, Xander. Uh, bring him down. We'll see. We'll try to figure that out. I don't know. He's going to tell a story of when we saw each other. I don't remember. I could have I, I could have dodged a bullet there. <laughs> Who knows? But uh. <laughs> Uh, well, hopefully we can get uh, Adam back up pretty quickly. Should have mentioned, yeah, uh, Pro Football Network as well. Adam's uh, writing for them now. Okay, did a, I didn't even know. Shame on me. I should have known that. Uh, did did a, not know that. Did a mock draft, some surprises as well. So hopefully we can get him up to uh, uh, to talk about those because Adam's really plugged in. I mean, he knows people um, all around the league and personnel departments. And, uh, you know, he knows Howie Roseman's history. So it's going to be interesting to, and he knows people that know Howie Roseman. Um, so it's going to be interesting to get his thoughts on, especially I call it. And there he is. Have we got you, Adam? Uh, can you hear me, guys? Yeah. yeah. Breaking up a little bit, but we do hear you. So that's better than we had. Yeah, a little bit of an echo. I don't know what's going on there, but we'll try uh, to power yeah. through. Okay. Yeah, we don't. Right, want to what do. what story? The last time we saw each other, what were we gonna say? I, I said I might have dodged a bullet. But... Oh, oh no, 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 no. What happened is I think you and I saw each other what at training camp last year, one of the camps. Was it yeah, Miami? sure. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, that was when we were trying to figure out is what we we're seeing with Jalen Hurts really going to be the guy because he had a great training camp. Oh yeah, it's amazing how long we come in a year. It is unbelievable. It, that's why I brought it up. It it, yeah. it it shows in this business you never really know. Because I remember at his first camp in 2020, I'm like, oh boy, this is not very good. And then 21 was better, but not great. And then boy, he had a breakout OTAs and. It's been quite the year. There's no question about it. Yeah. And Andy's being justly rewarded for that. All right. So the contract's done. We could get into the whole Howie Roseman cap magician to keep them low numbers uh, for the first four years, but then uh, an ungodly couple numbers on the back end if they get there and can't get a contract renegotiated. But what kind of an effect does it have on Eagles moving more moves starting now? Do you double down on offense? Do you believe, all right, we've invested in the offense. Now we got to build up the defense so that Jalen doesn't have to score 38 points a game. What do you well, think the signing has as an effect on the Eagles for the next one? Well, in terms of, are you talking about the draft or in terms of just. Either the way, uh, the leftover free agents, most most specifically the draft. But uh, yeah. I, I could ask you about the Zacchaeus signing yesterday, oh, but John yeah. and I already yeah. covered that. So anyway, Jody, I think on this situation, and I haven't got, I usually get the, the, the breakdown within 24 hours. In fact, we, on Inside the Birds, we actually had all, whatever, all the free agents, we had the stuff, we put it on our show very quickly. But this one, I, don't, I think Pro Football Talk put it out there, wasn't actually technically signed off as of yesterday. There might have been a technical issue with the contract, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's done more or less. Yeah. So, so here, here's the deal. And we, we talked about this on our show, which dropped today on Inside the Birds. They've got their seven key players in offense are all locked up for twenty minimum of 2024, for this season and next season. Guys, this offense is going to be fantastic. Like it's Because you set this up, Jody, very well. It's not the offense that you worry about. It's the back end of the defense, two 30-year-old corners. You don't have a third outside corner. They could say what all they want about Grady Williams. He took a veteran minimum deal that's extremely team-friendly because he, he had no leverage. Yeah. They have two new safeties who are – very average. You can talk about that if you want. Linebackers unproven. They, we're talking about the inside backers in their odd, in their odd front. They're, they're off the ball off linebackers. Ball. Yeah. Right, off ball linebackers yeah. or basically inside linebackers in, in the scheme. They, they have some concerns, but the offense is going to be phenomenal. I, I, Dallas did a getting Brandon Cooks, I think, will help them, no doubt, but the Eagles are the best offense in football. Now, one thing I will say, Adam, because I, I grew to really – respect uh, Shane Steichen's play calling. Uh, I thought he had a natural feel for it. I think there's some guys who have it, some guys who don't have it. I think we're kind of looking past that. The Eagles are going to out-talent people. I agree with you. They're so good offensively, they're going to out-talent people. But I do think there might be some hiccups, and I compare it to Nick, to the team. He's better play caller than Nick was, to be honest. Um, is something that Brian Johnson is going to have to hick up and be the same kind of play caller you think? Am I making too much of that? Or because I think he had a really, really good deal. Yeah, I, I've always said that play calling is an art, and you have to understand that you just don't walk in and be great at it. Now, he did call plays at the University of Florida. Uh, the Panthers, in my reporting on Brian Johnson, uh, they, they were probably going to pair him up. If Ben Johnson got the job, they, they're probably going to try to tear him up as his OC. Eagles knew this. You know, that this is why uh, this one team told it. Another, there was another team also involved with looking at Johnson. 
and we were kind of told don't bother because he was yeah. going to be promoted. Yeah. So yeah, might have been Carolina. Team. I heard uh, Carolina. There early were two in the It was Carolina. Yeah. I know that, but there was another team also. I spoke with yeah. who really like Brian Johnson. So yeah, he's well respected. But John, it's a fair point. Until you've done it at this level, you haven't done it. But the talent level is so good, and Sirianni's there, of course. Uh, Kevin Petullo, I'm told, is extremely involved in the game planning. They, they have a good support staff. I expect him to do very, very well. I, I, I just don't see a lot of downside with it. But as you made a fair point, until he's done it, you just don't know for sure. All right, since you've just put it out that way, and you're certainly leaning in a direction, we just need to you for you to officially confirm. So you don't think the Eagles should have any interest in B. John Johnson? Deshaun Robinson? Uh, Robinson, excuse me. We use a Thank phrase you. on Inside the Birds. We, we put it in the Never Say Never bucket. You, with Howie, <laughs> covering him since 2000. Yeah. Well, actually, early 2000s when he first got there. And then when he became the GM in 2010. The Eagles, the Danny Watkins pick, I, I, this is something that I still don't understand to this day. Talking to people who are involved in it. I still don't. I, I heard them, but I still don't get it. But you never say never with Howie. He does some things. Look, when he sticks by their board which he's done pretty much the last two years at least, and he doesn't on 2020, you see when there's a mistake. But when he does it the right way, he takes the best player. Now, if Bijan Robinson's there at 10, there's a pretty good chance he's the best player there. That's when you learn. That's when you learn as you stick him by the board. Because there's a very good chance he'll be there. I, I believe Robinson would be there at 10. I would be very surprised if he won before that. Now, that, that, wait a minute. Are we saying because people will get really excited by this, Adam. Adam, as he mentioned, knows Howie very well, knows his history very well, knows people that know Howie very well. Uh, there's a potential because I was bring back in 2017, Adam. The Eagles were going to take Christian McCaffrey at 14. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, he didn't even get close, but you know the narrative. They'll never take a running back. They'll never, well, they would have. They would have, but they never got the opportunity. Is there, give me a percentage. I know it's not fair. It's He's the best player, number 10, Bijan Robinson, Philadelphia Eagle. Yay, well, let me, let me add this. What if Jalen Carter and Bijan Robinson there at 10? Well, then it's Jalen easy. Carter, Jalen Carter, Carter. Not, even, not even a discussion. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jody, Jalen Carter is the number one player for the draft. Okay? Now, what we don't know is, if, is he still on their board. Is he, do they take him off their draft board or not? I don't know that yet. I usually find the stuff out closer but that's another thing that would be it would be crazy i think fans heads would explode if carter and robinson are there and carter's still on the board and they took robinson over carter i i literally i couldn't even show up the next day i know people would be so pissed off because i remember i was at the draft when they didn't draft uh, ruben foster remember the, the fans were so fixated on ruben foster that year john you probably remember this. yeah it's the only yeah. guy they wanted yeah and obviously they that would not have worked out very well but that's it. Look, it's a very small, to get back to Robinson, very small percentage. They have not drafted true running back in 40 years. Michael Haddix was the last one. And I know his son, Michael Haddix Jr., who's an entrepreneur, really nice guy, former basketball player in college. But his, his dad didn't quite work out well for the Eagles. So I'll leave it at that. Nice guy. But 40 years since they drafted true running back. Yeah. All right. If you describe the position of need as someone who was going to step in and play, like not just a backup, part of a rotation, or an every-down starter, would you consider edge a position of need for the Philadelphia Eagles this year? Yes. So I, 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 my 
mock draft just debuted. Even with night. the even with the vaunted return of Derek Barnett, you still yes, believe well, that, huh? Yes. So okay. well, okay. Just checking. Just checking. On that on that note, so my my mock draft just debuted. It, the first one I've done since '09, I think. For, Pro uh, Football Network. I should have mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you can follow along as we speak now. In fact, I'm going to go to it right now. And, I, and I'm going to explain it. So I'm glad, Jody, you brought this up. You got it. We've been talking about Lucas Van Ness on, on uh, Inside the Bird for over probably closer to six weeks. I said, guys, I'm just telling you, there's a guy that nobody's talking about that is going to be the Eagles' radar. His name is Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. He's a multi-position player. He could play. Believe it or not, though, he's not he's not J.J. Watt that big and that strong. But he's got positional versatility. You can line him up at a five technique. You can line him up inside in nickel, which the Eagles love to do. And as I put for ProFootballNetwork.com, you can follow along with us. The Eagles, there was a player in free agency. They liked, They weren't going to pay him. They, they weren't really into it that deep because once they found out what he wanted, they weren't going to be in it. But they liked Zach Allen, who went to the Broncos for 15 yeah. on a year. Yeah. The, reason, the reason guys that bring him up, very similar build, multi-lineman player. So I, I put in my first mock, and my second mock will be probably Wednesday of next week, the day before the draft. Right now, I have Van Ness going there. And, and I, I, I understand what the fans are saying, and I, I was there. I was with them, too, before I found out the real story. I'm like, how the hell could a team want to – how do you put a guy in the first round who didn't start? Well, there was a reason. Yeah, we mentioned the, that. The head, the head coach. Iowa uh, pays – yeah. I, <clears throat> excuse me. John, you know that. Iowa pays deference to their older players. Yeah. And he was very young. So he actually played the most of, of the Iowa defensive linemen. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. The Eagles have tremendous in, interest in Lucas Van Ness. So to me, it comes down to they also like Nolan Smith. You know, what's your favorite play flavor? Is there some redundancy with Nolan Smith and Hassan Reddick? Uh, and then you go offensive line, obviously, with Paris Johnson. Um Guard tackle versatility. You know, you could start him at right guard, kick him out for Lane Johnson. There's a couple options, but I will say this, Adam. It, we were talking to Mark Dominic, who works with you at SiriusXM at times. We had the conference call with him earlier this week, and he, he got me thinking, you know, how he's been in this phase where he had to have the safety net for the quarterback. We were just talking about it. Nobody knew what Jalen Hurts was going to be even 12 months ago. So he was always saying, I got to have these extra picks in case I have to go up and get a quarterback. Now he doesn't need that. Mark thinks he might seize the moment for the targeted trade up to get a Tyree Wilson or a Jalen Carter. Your thoughts on that potential? Well, I put, now I know this is a mock draft, so people can mock, make fun of it all they want. Uh, on Twitter, they already have. But I put Tyree Wilson at two. John, there may be only four lead players in this draft. He's one from Tyree Wilson. This is this is not a good draft overall. It's a lot of very good players. But when you talk to scouts around the league, they're always looking for, okay, who's going to be a multi-pro ball player? Tyree Wilson is that guy. He's got incredible length, <clears throat> explosive. And if Nick Casera, the GM, I talked to someone who worked with him. I, I actually wrote about this for Network. I, I, I talked to someone who worked with Nick in the past. He said, I'm just telling you, Tyree Wilson's going to be a higher-graded player on their board. He goes, if he goes for Stroud, then he's going with the knee pick. I'm like, all right, this is good information. That's, that's interesting. So, 
that's I get that part of it. Kyrie Wilson's a stud. I I don't think they'll get close enough to him to answer your question. Uh, you know, I, I work with Mark at ESPN, so we know each other very well. Mark has an unbelievable story. John, next if you ever if you ever have him on your show, ask him about a player who they they sent someone to Mark said he sent somebody to watch a player, how he interacted. It might have been in like Maybe in their their cafeteria would use the bus something like something like that. They wanted to watch a player and how he interacted with other people. It's a great story, and that stuff matters. How they treat other people. Yeah, and these pre-draft visits are, are very very interesting uh, about how these these players handle themselves. Speaking of the pre-draft visits, you get upwards of thirty. You can add a couple extra if he's quote unquote a local guy. Um, the Eagles, as of now, have six picks, so they invited thirty people in, so they can't take them all. Um, what do you think the hit rate will be? Is there a guy or two? Does Howie Roseman have a track record of specifically not bringing someone in to try and keep people from thinking they're <laughs> not interested in the player? Is it? Yeah, if they're gonna if they're gonna draft a guy, they're gonna have him at uh, a stop by on the Novacare complex. Uh, what do you remember about the Eagles and pre-draft visits as compared to the guys whose names they actually call out during the draft? So, Jody, it's funny that you asked this question. So I'm going to say from, like, 2006 until I got the ESPN 13, I actually tracked every single visit for every single team. Let's say I, I tracked six, 600 visits for every <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. It's just too much work. But yeah. so, so let me go inside your question. Let me move this forward. Yes, Howie has a history of drafting players on two areas. Guys that they – the guys who in the senior bowl – and this is going back to Broderick Bunkley, to so many players, and to also players who have visited. And that's why I brought up how these players interact. Now, I, I, I brought this this note also how they visit with players at their pro day. So I had a, I had a report back in 20, whenever Geno Smith was drafted, was it 2013? Is that sound right? It's been a while, yeah. 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 Boy, so, what a great turnaround there, by the way. But go, it's go unbelievable. Yeah. I voted for him for a comeback player of the year or whatever, most improved. So anyway... Chip Kelly, this is going to be Chip Kelly's guy. This is his quarterback because he, he was a guy who would run the football. So the Eagles met with him before their, uh, his pro day in West Virginia, and they decided they weren't going to draft him because he, they didn't have a good interaction with him. I'm not going to go into what exactly happened, but I can just tell you that it was not good. And this is what happens if, Jody, on your question, if a guy comes in and they love the player and he has a bad meeting, he was disrespectful to people, yeah. or he wouldn't answer questions. Just think about Jalen Carter, right? The Eagles had him in. Every team loves Jalen Carter. But if he doesn't have the right answers, you're not drafting <clears throat> that player. Yeah. I always bring up Adam Darius Geis. You remember Darius oh, Geis? Oh, yeah. 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 What was that story, John? What was that story? Yeah, well, that, that, that he got in a shouting match with somebody. So there was a report that he got in a shouting match with Deuce Staley, yeah. which I, I never believed because, one, Deuce denied it. Darius denied it. But I think Deuce would have ripped his head off. <laughs> Number one. But what was clear, as to your point, it probably wasn't to that degree, but the Eagles really liked him as a player. And then after he visited, they had no interest. So, you know, something went on. Um, And that's why we say with those top 30 visits, I think the assumption is everything always goes correctly. There's just as much chance as it could go a negative direction and you rule somebody out. Well, you're right. Howie has a history, top 30 guys, that, you know, somebody's going to get drafted from those top 30 visits. Yeah, and then the, the the other thing is, 
with a quarterback, if a quarterback is brought in for a pre-draft visit and he goes to the board and they think he's just so far away, that also could actually drop the guy's grade down. Like the, a board, the, the grades are in. It's just your board, your final board. The, the yeah. board is like ninety-five percent set. But these, as Jody brought up, these these last couple of visits sometimes they can sway a little bit. It, we'll know more obviously once we go through the draft. Uh, once they go through the six picks, and we think they're going to have more. We think Howie will trade down, but it's easier said than done. This is again, this is not an elite draft. We had noted on our show last week on Inside the Birds that the, uh, the clubs we spoke with said there's about twelve or thirteen true first round graded players, and the rest are not. But you have to when you're picking at fifteen or sixteen, you got to take somebody. Yeah. Yeah. All, All right, right, let's go to your mop. Sorry, Jody, real quick. You you know, one of the things with the Eagles, I think everybody was hopeful that four quarterbacks would go in the top nine. And as you mentioned, some of those great players might start leaking down to Philadelphia at number 10. Not not from your perspective. You you got it a little bit differently. And I, I thought the draft was going to start, Adam, at number three with Arizona and our buddy Jonathan Gannon. Now it's Houston. We all thought they were going to take a quarterback. But, boy, there's a lot of smoke now as we get to the final week. It's going to be Will Anderson or, in your case, Tyree Wilson. Two quarterbacks in the top nine? Is that realistic? There's got to be a minimum of two. I mean, I, right now, I, I see the problem is Will Levis' tape was so disappointing last season, John. I, I spoke to so many people in scouting before last season. He was really – consensus number one quarterback yeah. there were concerns with Bryce Young's height they know its size they didn't, nobody knew that he would only be 510 in the quarter but Levis was highly coveted by the scouting community he just had a bad year and then you look at Richardson who's obviously a guy people intrigued with who the heck knows where he's going to go yeah it's Chris Ballard who I, I know Chris a little bit I know he hates this moniker he's super conservative he, he, did, he, he bristles at that, but get, people around the league think he is. Is he really going to take Richardson in four? I don't know about that. Uh, I don't think so either. All right, I'm going to ask you to go a little crystal ball stuff on us here, Mr. Kaplan. Look into yeah. your football crystal ball and make a little bit of a prediction. The Philadelphia Eagle that will have the most carries for the oh. 2023 <laughs> season is on the roster, drafted in the next week, still out there as a free agent, God, traded Harry, for Jody. Who's the guy? They don't really want to run the ball a lot. That's a tough yeah, Somebody's got to have the most carries. I didn't <laughs> say it was going to be a that, lot, but somebody Jody, has to have the most. By the way, Jody, Chip Kelly would hate you because you like hypothetical questions. Sorry, Chip. Sorry, yeah, Adam. So, <laughs> most carries? Yes. Who will... Who will and if you want to say Jalen, you can go Jalen if you yeah, think you can have more than any one. running back. Sure, sure. I, I, but you can't keep asking Hurts to carry the ball nine or ten times a game. I, I'll, I, I'll, again, again, you're asking me in April? Yeah. I would probably – I think total guess because it's not very important, but I, I love the question for fantasy. Would It would kind of surprise me if it's Rashad Penny, but let me tell you something. This dude, talking to Seahawks about him over the years – when he's healthy, I know it's not a lot. He's only been healthy. I know. It's absurd how special this kid is. He, kept, he led the NFL in rushing over like the final six weeks of 2021. It's special. Yeah. But that, that, that would be my guess. But watch out for 34 Trey Sermon, who they, they, the coaches have like a man crush on. We'll yeah. By the way, I got uh, uh, the 
Alameda Zacchaeus signing, um, a lot of us, your buddy, Andrew DiCecco, he was on board with me. Yeah. Uh, we all we all matched that up. Uh, uh, and, and Kenny Gainwell wearing number zero. Evidently, they're selling zero jerseys. I got that one right, too, Jody. I picked Kenny Gainwell. No, Kenny, Kenny um, denied he's changing jerseys. Oh, he has? Oh, all right. He? All right. Yeah. Somebody, I know. I know. Put a I picture know. up from the the store that. Had yeah, I know Jimmy Kempsey. But... I was all excited. I was more excited. I got that one right, and now it looks like I didn't get it right. Uh, Wait, you were guessing what number he was going to? Oh, you were going to guess who's going to guess zero. who would wear number zero? Oh, of that, and I just guessed it. It was okay. pure guess, pure speculation. But that's why um, they. That's why they probably printed it. Yeah, out maybe the that's why. John McMullen said so. Bigger picture, though, the the lottery tickets that Howie talks about and uh uh Day being the latest um you mentioned rashad penny so i'll take him out of the equation okay. what which one of those guys has the best chance to be an important part of this team those lottery tickets you mean all the, the all the bargain all the one-year bargain basement yeah, they, walmart they, they, clearance they, aisle yeah i, I i'm going to use terrell, terrell Edmonds. I just talked to my Steelers guy. He goes, look, he, he's not going to wow you. And he, what happened with him is he was overdrafted due to high weight speed. He, he never yeah, played yeah, yeah. But, man, he, Joe, you asked me on WIP when I was on with you a couple weeks ago if he was going to be the coverage safety too. And I said, it's probably going to be Edmonds over – excuse me, Edmonds over Evan, Evans because Edmonds, uh, Evans has done more. But neither are very good at it. Mm. So I – but they got to get better – they're going to have to, Edmonds has got to, he's got it in and be better than he has been. And by the way, sometimes when guys change schemes, they become better football players. Yeah. So I would say of the bargain basement guys, I think he's got a chance to make an impact. Doesn't preclude them from drafting a safety. Like Brian Branch at 30 in my mind. Yeah, that, 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 that's my pick. I want Brian now, Branch at 30. I, I want to bring this up before we get out of here. I got to run in a minute, but I want to bring this up here. We're going to learn a lot about Al Calvi's influence and Julian, Julian Murray's on analytics because. Brian Branch does not run very well. No, but he's a smart though. Player. Smart too. I know he's he is he, he honestly if he ran in the four fours he's going to the top fifteen. For some teams have a line of demarcation if they run rush in a five five and in some team four five five some teams won't draft a guy. So we'll see. But the guy's a terrific football player, and I, I just if he's there and they don't draft him, I'll be very disappointed. All right, along those lines, does that mean they're not taking Peter Skaronski at number ten because well, his Jody, arms I mean, are too short? If it's yes, all decided because, by analytics, hey, no, he's no, got those no, short but, arms. They're not taking him. Jody, it's really not just analytics. Uh, coach, uh, two, uh, two offensive line coaches I spoke with said the same thing. He can only play guard. It's not an analytic data thing. It, they're worried about the the thirty-five inch interior player or tackle or end moving inside over him because that guy can get into Skaronski before they can, before he can get into them. If you've got short arms, that is a problem. But he's a phenomenal football player. He's actually got first-round grades, true first-round grades, and some players, uh, some coaches think he's elite. I, you know, I'm just repeating what they told me. I would have no. I know he's a boring pick. He said, "Okay, who are the two guys Eagles will look at if they're both there? Realistically, if Wilson and Carter are gone, or if they don't have Carter on their board because the off-the-field stuff, Skronsky and and Van Ness are two guys they will look heavy, very strongly at the ten. One All on right. the side of the ball. That makes a ton of sense. Adam, no, you got to run. Thank you very much. Okay. Popping on with us today. We will definitely get you back up again after the draft is over and done with. Uh, thanks, brother. Enjoy yourself on Thursday. Thank you. See you. Adam Kaplan uh, from InsideTheBirds.com, Sirius NFL Radio. 
And writing for the uh, what other website? Pro Football Network. Uh, I did got his mock draft. Shame on me. I should have known that, and I did not. Uh, yeah, he hasn't done a mock draft in a while, so that's interesting. I'm kicking myself. I should have asked Adam. We're going to talk to Howie, by the way, today, uh, reporters. Do you? Um, uh, oh, have you been given an official time? Uh, no, not yet. Tentatively, this so afternoon. Just, uh, today's um, the day, but you don't know what time. Two-ish, supposedly, but we'll okay. see. Um, you know. It'll get pushed back. Trust me on that. But, uh, uh, but Howie's usually I, I on time. Is he not? Isn't Howie more punctual than Nick? Eh, no. Not, not the really. same? No. Uh, I meant to ask Adam. I should have asked Adam about, you know, this is the first year without Andy Weidel now. Um, a little bit different. Um, true personnel guy. Remember all the upheaval last year with the, with the front office. Now, some of it was before the draft last year, but Andy was still here. Um, Andy Weidel. And now you have the assistant GMs, as I pointed out, Alec Calabi. He mentioned Julian Laurie with the analytics. That's Alec uh, is close to Julian. He's an analytics guy. Um, they got a football ops guy. Um, you know, the personnel people are lower down the totem pole. So that part's going to be interesting as, you know, you don't have, the old school Joe Douglas, Andy Weidel personnel guy at the foot. Now we still got Dave Caldwell, XGM, um, you know, in the front office. Uh, Matt Russell's in the front office. But, you know, that that guy who does it every day and is in charge of scouting the Joe Douglas, the Andy Weidel, they're not there this year. Intriguing. Um, how he's going to make the pick. We know all know how he's going to make the pick. But we, at least I think over the years, he's been a smart enough guy to take opinions from many different areas and then be as educated as possible when they are on the board. And, oh, by the way, he'll be the guy. Who do you think will be his guy? Because how he can't talk to everybody. When, when you're in the midst of the draft and you're trying to be a mover and a shaker and you're thinking about potentially trading up, but you also want to have your options if you want to move back and the like. You have to have a couple of people working the phones. How he can't just be going from team to team to team to team. Can we do this? Here's what we will willing to offer. Here's what we got to get. Who do you think are his assistants on the phones draft night? <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, that's what part of the interesting, and I hope to ask him about the process yeah. when we talk to him. Um, you, you think know, he'll give you a name? Uh, they, that, he'll be that, my. I'm on. I'm on the bat phone. Who's on the? Uh, well, the my only phone? my only point in theory, you would think it would be. You know, he's got two assistant GMs now. He's never given out that title before, and it's Alec Hallaby. I mentioned John Ferrari. You know, Alex, his background is analytics. Uh, John is is it's football ops and you know, sort of compliance issues and things like that. Um, you know, the scouting, it's Dave Caldwell, who who used to be the general manager of, in Jacksonville, who's a senior advisor. Uh, Matt Russell used to be a personnel guy, big personnel guy in Denver, is a senior advisor. Then you have Anthony Patch and Brandon Hunt. You don't have that clear number two. You don't have that clear number two on the scouting side. All right. So I'm going to do the same thing I did to Kaplan, ask an unfair hypothetical question. Um, 
if you're just judging by their history and their resume in the NFL, rather than just their Eagle title today, you would think it would be one of those other guys that they've added over the last year from other organizations, rather than the two guys who are actually assistant general managers, because neither one of them have been hands-on football guys, have they not? Or do you think it's going to be? A, no, uh, well, that's that. That's 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 what I'm saying. They haven't, right? And, and you know, and you're hoping me, Howie answered that question, but I'm asking you right now before you get the answer from Howie. What do you think he's going to say? Oh, he's going to defer. He's not going to. He'll he'll say, "Oh, it's been great," and it's been, you know. You don't think he's going to give you a name? His number two side, his number one sidekick, his number two on draft night. He well, he's got to he say name his, a name. He's got to say his assistant GMs. No, I think he will say Alec and John because well, really, he has do. to. But but if you're asking me, um, I think Dave Caldwell's the guy from a scouting perspective because not only has he done it, like he's he knows the machinations from being a general manager, right? Um, so I think he would be more important on draft sort of weekends. Than those guys, but I don't think Howie would ever admit to that. You don't think he's going to cop to it. You're probably no. right. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, the Mac and Mac guys, you know what we got to do. Come back and put a bow on the show. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. 
go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Welcome back to wrapping up a one week out from the draft edition of Birds 365. My partner's ticked off because they've made it official. Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni will meet with the media today, which means John can't just bake the rest of the way, day away. Uh, since it is 420, I figured John be able to hit the bong and just take it easy the rest of the day. No, he's actually got to do yeah. some work. Gotta I'm going to, I'm going to pass my drug test, Jody. You are. All right. Yeah. Good. Good on you. Uh, it, it, it's, it's the celebratory day of the year. If you're taking advantage, yeah. do so. Stay yes, inside. Don't, don't it's be also, out and about. It's also Let's supposed to, to become be... part of the couch. By the way, also with happy 420 for those who do partake, um, it's also uh, we're all going to lose our blue check day supposedly on oh, really? Twitter. Supposedly, do you got a blue check? Yeah, I never well, I even did. applied. I didn't give a flying f. I Who don't know. I didn't apply either. I you know I think I got it from one of my old jobs at some point. Well, somebody had to apply for it. you. Don't just yeah. magically get it. Yeah, I don't know who did, but yeah, uh, I've never done it. And I don't um, care. So the fact that others are losing their blue check doesn't matter to me. I never had one to begin with anyway. Yeah. Um, so we're all going to lose our blue checks, but uh, not at all. Oh, well. No, Yours oh, well. Doesn't have one. Um, all right. Here's maybe the most important question you will have to answer all day, John McMullen. And I uh, asked uh, some nonsensical questions to both of our two guests today. Why not to you as well? What? Will Nick Sirianni be wearing today? Panderer oh, in chief. Oh. Now it's been a while. He hasn't had a chance, yeah. so he's got to step it's up. Got to be Sixers, today. right? Uh, easy Sixers. I mean, they're playing tonight, oh, right? Getting on that Doc Rivers bandwagon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they're playing game threes tonight, right? Yeah, in Brooklyn tonight. Yeah, yeah, definitely Sixers. hundred percent oh, Sixers. Sixers. Right, yeah. yeah, you you are you are probably correct. All right. Uh, so, what will be the big take? The big takeaway from today, uh, Howie and Nick will probably play their cards pretty close to the best. But if there is one piece yeah, of information I mean, that we will be debating heavily here on Birds 365 tomorrow, you don't even have to get exact about it. But just generally speaking, what do you think will be? Well, I should have crowdsourced. I should have asked you before. What do you want to know? Because, I mean, it's got to be thematic. Like, fans are going to say, you're going to take Bijan Robinson. He's not going to answer that question. I'm right. sorry. He's so, not going to get specific. We're not going to waste our time with that kind of stuff. So it's more thematic stuff. And, you know, one of the things I just brought up with Andy Weidel. So, you know, you know what's you know the process like now um 30 is interesting to me because of the 50-year option you know how that's viewed now drop it like the difference between 30 and say 32 this year because there's no 32nd pick 33 34 early second round um yeah those are some of the some of the things um uh as far as nick sirianni you know, you want to probe them more on 
the defense, uh, what we've been talking about with Sean Desai, even though he's going to say the same stuff. And then um, uh, also with with um, the Eagles from an offensive perspective and, and, and Jalen Hurts and the new contract and all that kind of stuff is going to um, factor in. And, you know, do you change your philosophy? A lot of people talk about it. Adam just mentioned it again. Can't have him carrying the football as much. You know, is that is that their thought? They've said no in the past, but you know, now that you got that big uh, big contract, you, you want to keep him as healthy as possible. Johnny Mack, do you know? And I don't know this guy at all. And shame on me, I probably should, but you got a better chance to know him than I do. Dave Mangels. Dave um, Mangels does not ring a bell. Crossing Broad. Um, I, we, we don't usually do this. I don't usually do this. Um, but he had an excellent post on crossing board about trading up, down the last couple of years, the trends that have been in place. And I learned something today when I read this, that the trading out of the end of the first round to let someone come up, unless it's quarterback related, everybody remembers because Lamar Jackson was the 32nd pick. So, oh, that's what everybody tries to do. The last couple of years, it hasn't happened all that much. And check out the work. They put a lot of work into tracking all the trades that have, haven't have happened from that 10 range and that 30 range that the Eagles are in. It's really well done. Um, so if you want to. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, too, uh, thir- went 32nd. So yeah, it's always got you got to have a quarterback. Was that... Bridgewater a trade or did they just have the 32nd pick? Trade. No, Was trade. It trade. Okay. Um, uh, so, you know. You got to have a quarterback like a pendant hooker. I, I think is going to go before that. He would be the fifth quarterback. So you're not going to have a quarterback in the mix. So it becomes more difficult, but I think the, the more, the more interesting, and I know we've got to go from a GM's perspective is not necessarily the trade um, for the quarterback, but do you want the 50 year option at, when you're down at 30 or would you rather have 33, 34, um, because sometimes, you know, sometimes you don't want it. You don't and, want and, the fifth year option. Yeah. yeah. Josh so. Jacobs, perfect example. And and the Raiders just re-signed him, you know. I mean, they declined it and re-signed him. Um, a couple other players, Caleb McGarry in Atlanta, they they declined it, re-signed him. Uh, Garrett Bradbury, Minnesota, they declined it, re-signed him. So that's sort of a new, I don't want to call it a, a, a a theme at this point, it's, but it's I'd call, it's I'd call it a trend. I'd yeah. give it the trend moniker. Yeah. Uh, so so it, I, I think people are overstating how easy it is to get out of the first. Oh, you just offer it and someone is going to be willing to jump up and get it. Yeah, not necessarily. And this is a, a pretty good article. Uh, just if you want to check it out on uh, Bleeding Green Nation. I, right, brother, uh, uh, tell Howie I said hi. Tell uh, the coach I like his Sixers card when. He dons the. That's my. That's my. I'm. 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 I'm locked in on that. I'm a hundred percent certain it's Sixers today. I, I think. I think you're on good footing on that one. All right, brother. You and I do it again tomorrow. You up? Let's do it. We will be back, Mac and Mac, in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, 
We're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Oh, <laughs>